I am unashamed. What about you? Welcome back to Unashamed. We um, Today we've broken it down to the basics. We're back to the originator of the Unashamed podcast. In fact, m- uh, many people don't know this. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but when we first started, um, Blaze had asked us to do it. Dad was just had just finished In the Woods with Phil. And then, of course, Zach and I produced that series. And um, we did 800 episodes of that show. Can you believe that, Dad? 800 episodes. <laughs> 800 episodes. I knew we did a lot of them. That was a, I don't know how many people knew this. That was a, no notes. No, it was just. That was ad-libbing. We call, it, we call it Phil Unplugged. <laughs> yeah. So that the idea was, and we, we, we produced the earlier shows more heavily then we did the end. We had a lot of guests on, but it was pretty much just dad doing what he does every day, either in the woods or in the kitchen, where yep, uh, in the duck blind. Uh, we had some hunting episodes, but anyway, it was it was fun. And by the way, whenever you subscribe to Blaze, because we're always telling to to subscribe to get our overtime for this podcast, but you also get all eight hundred episodes. So, I mean, it's well worth the treasure trove if you're into to Phil and Phil isms. Turn the fire on low, put a lid on, never look at it again, never look at your rice, never do this with a rice pot. Once that boils, you would never want to go, wonder how my rice is doing, don't do that. Don't stir it and don't look at it once I drop the lid on. But that's coming after it boils. It's going to roll way up, come way down. The rice is going to take all the fluid up. You're going to put a lid on it. Simmer it for about six or eight minutes. Turn the fire out. Go watch TV or something. Let it sit there and rest for, for uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. This will feed 12. You say, you got any company coming? Not that I know of. But what if a stranger drops by? Romans chapter 12. Practice hospitality. Romans 12. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. I'm here in the morning cooking rice. If I just cook it for me and Miss Kay, and somebody drops by, or two drop by, or four drop by, got plenty of rice. The problem with America, they don't cook big pots of rice anymore. Little bitty bit for me and my wife, we don't worry about the rest of them. 90 plus percent of the time, midday. Y'all would call it lunch. We call it dinner. Someone always comes by. We got plenty of rice. Uh, it was it was quite the run. But so when, we, when they approached You're us, into the Bible. Yeah, that's right. Well, what I loved about it, Dad, was you did... My favorite episodes were the ones where you just took something out of nature, something yep. you see every day, and then talked about how that related yep. to faith or God. I thought that was really good. Uh, it was it's it was a great show. But so Blaze came to us about doing this podcast. So basically, they were just it was just going to be Dad. You know, most podcasts are just solo. You know, they they don't have an entourage like we do. We oh, it's, it's just one guy. Yeah. And uh, so it was going to be Dad <laughs> doing the podcast. And I thought, well, I, don't, I said, how long is it supposed to go? And they said like forty five minutes to an hour. 
I said, well, I'm not saying dad's going to run out of material, but he's pretty, it's going to be a withering sermon however many times we do this. So I was a little apprehensive about the setup. And so originally it was me and dad. It was just the two of us. And we were just going to do a Bible study. And I was just going to kind of tee you up to do Bible study. And then you said, because I said, well, you know, I feel like we need like a, a third wheel every once in a while. You said, well, let's get Dan on there. Which is really funny because I don't think we've ever had have we ever had Dan on the podcast? We've got to have Dan on sometime. So Dan, so it was me, you, and Dan. We thought, okay, he'll be like our sidekick. <laughs> so Dan, he's on there. And so Dan, so 45 minutes of conversation, and Dan would say, So what you're saying is that was usually about the extent of the Dan lines. But I thought it was pretty good because he would ask questions of me and you, and so we would do that. But that was the original podcast and it wasn't called unashamed it was called i think we called it the fishnet and the idea was is that we're now fishers of men and you know we had been fishing commercial fishing our whole lives so there's a little i don't know that i've ever talked about it on the podcast if i have it's probably you know 600 episodes ago but that's how we began so i feel like we're back to the basics dad because we don't have dan here we don't have Jace. Jace is finishing up his uh, little uh, digging series. And then I don't know where Zach's part's unknown today. So it's back down to the original, Dad, the, me and you. Can you think you can handle it today? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need. You know, we, we talked to so many. Yesterday there was an entourage. Yeah, I want to hear about yesterday. Of uh, women. They were, and I told them. They came in and... and uh, they, they came made to my your little class. Cl- made, they laid my little class. They made that. Unashamed Bible class. Nine I, o'clock every Sunday. You're we invited. asked people, which a lot of people, if, if you come to, to to be baptized, we will do that yep. free of charge. Yep. It'll cost you nothing. And uh, so we'll remember, I said, if any of you are, are if you want to start all over again and uh, die to sin, be buried with Jesus and be raised with him. Receive God's spirit. Well, about a pretty good little troop of them raised their hand. Yeah. And I would say these girls were about, uh, uh, oh, from 16 to 20, maybe. So they were young. They were about that age group. Yeah. And where did they hail from? Do you remember? They came from, uh, ended up in some kind of rehab center. Like a house or something like that. Okay. and someone brought it up. I I I, I don't know the I don't know the lady that was, but that was uh, guiding them, being their their uh, breakthrough there. Yep. But uh, I told her, I said, you've you've done a great job getting all these girls together to come here to be born again. You uh you 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 uh, you you done a good deed. You know, here. there's always in a situation like that. There's always somebody that has a heart for ministry. That's doing that kind of it's, work, and some people are are afraid of water, deathly afraid. Oh yeah, and a lot of them. There was a couple of them because I just noticed when they when they walked over to me and a little shaky baptism of poo. <laughs> well, they come over and they were just shaking, just yeah. trembling. Then I, I said, "Listen, everything's going to be all right. We're not going to drown you." <laughs> 
I said, we're going to have our hands. We are going to put you to death. We, yeah, we use words like that. That kind of tends to we're, frighten we're bang people. Bang the old girl <laughs> and the new girl is fixing to step forward. You think of somebody. That somebody's I a, mean, they were just shaking. Somebody's like mortally afraid of water. Said, Come here, girl. Let me put you to death. <laughs> I said, we're not going to hurt you, you know. And then, and then, but they would just look at me and say, "Let me wait, let me wait just a second. But and so a couple of them, uh, when they went down in the water right at that moment, up. they, in their mind, said, "This, is, I, I'm dying. This is it." <laughs> so you got a literal illustration of the putting to death metaphor. Yeah, yep. I got it. And I was surprised that they literally thought it was a they, uh, they were going to die. Yeah. So when they went down, I mean, when they came up, I mean, they came up. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> like a jack in the box. Everything's okay. You you're okay. You know. I said you will be all right. But I was smiling inside to watch those young girls. But to them, they they didn't probably realize it fully. Although I'd just gone over about forty five minutes. Make sure you understand this. Make sure you understand you are submitting to God, and you're going to receive God's Spirit. I said. And you'll get out of that stuff you've been into, yeah. all the drugs and all that stuff. I said, so this is, you're starting over. Yeah. I said, God's given this great opportunity here. I said, so this old person, we're going to bury her, but we're going to raise her up. I said, we're here to help you. We're not going to hurt you. They just, they were afraid. Yeah. Well, you may have actually helped in two fronts. One is, of course, their spiritual renewal, which is the most important thing. But you may have helped a few of them with their phobia of water as well. I hope so. You can come out of that water. It's, I hope it's so. okay. That's pretty cool. Well, you know, and and look, we we tell you this all the time. So that's that's open. Anybody wants to come visit? Because a lot of you say, "Man, I wish I could come meet you guys." And like everybody else, we got a million things going on. But on Sundays. We're there with our church, and Dad's doing his class. Unless something's, you know, unless he's sick or, you know, rarely on the road, he's going to be there laying it out every Sunday. So, yep. the option's there. I'm up preaching this Sunday, and because uh, I go nine out of ten meetings, uh, someone will want to be baptized, or a lot of someone's fifteen or twenty of them at times, but uh, a lot of them are obeying the gospel. Romans six is a good tight verse about. What's happening when you die to sin, you're being buried and you're being raised to walk the new life, you know, you know, you, you your sins, you're free of all your sins. Those girls had a lot of sin. Yeah. They were well, young, but they had a lot of sin. But but for, fortunately for them, it sounds like they got in a place that guided them to the right yeah. answers. So the the name of my sermon, Sunday Dad, so I'm because we're about three chapters behind in our preaching than we are on the podcast. And uh, the name of it is The Finder of All Things Lost. Yep. And it's on Luke 15, which is the lost coin, the lost sheep, and then the lost yep. sons. I'm just kind of getting into it, but we talked about it on the podcast. You know, both the sons, I mean, we tend to highlight the prodigal that, that left, but the other guy that stayed, he had he had a lot of issues too. <laughs> you know, he, he didn't trust, he, didn't, he wasn't celebrating, he didn't want the lost son to come back. So, but God shows in the story, Jesus showed the father is one who seeks all things lost. So even those that, you know, we look at the Pharisees we've been talking about in these texts and Luke and, but Jesus wanted every one of them to humble themselves and come yeah. to him. You know, it, it, it didn't matter 
what their status was. And you were talking about those young girls, whether it's them or, you know, some old seasoned guy that's been hanging around but never really committed himself. Yeah. Either way, you got to commit yourself to Christ, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. young, old, whatever whatever it is. I do notice that, that Maddie has laid out uh, these DVDs, which must mean that they are now available. Um, so, Dad, there you are um, in the movie. Based on the inspire, based on the inspiring true story that started a dynasty. So there you go. And there's a picture of your mom on the back now, which is pretty cool. Actually, uh, I don't know if we ever showed it, Maddie, but there was a there's a picture of the, of mom and dad like at sixteen and fourteen, uh, like leaning against a car, and then somebody said they redid it. I, I'd love to show that to the audience, which is kind of cool. Um, somebody, the, the updated version. It's funny, Dad, because people local, there's a few of them that, because so, some older members at our church, and I said, well, so you saw the movie? And they're like, yeah. And I said, what do you think? And and they said, oh, we loved it. We, you know, we thought the acting was great. But boy, they, they that guy was nothing like Bill Smith. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was funny, because there's people that knew Bill so well, and I was like, yeah, but you got to understand, like, you can't, like, Nobody can be another Bill Smith. Bill Smith was about as unique as they come. Yep. The old boy did his best, you know, and we, by, based on what we told him he needed to say as an actor. But, uh, yeah, you're not going to get the exact representation. Same no. as the guy that played you. I thought he did an, an okay job. I actually thought the one that was the most like the actual person was the actress that played mom because she just had a way about her that was a lot like mom. But. You know, that's just me. Uh, my whole thing in the movie was, you know, I was the one told to get to bed. It seemed to happen about six times in the film. So yeah. it seemed to be my role uh, <laughs> as, as a youngster. So we sent Jace out to get us some stories. So we're hoping when he gets back, uh, we'll have that. He's finishing up the series um, for his, uh, for I guess it's, I don't know how many episodes they've done, but, but a lot. So, uh, We'll look forward to that when we get back. So we're going to have a very special guest on today. It's not just me and Dad for the whole podcast. We are doing the, the open. Um, we've got a guy that uh, I don't know if we've ever had him on the podcast. I've tried. Yeah, to, we've had him on. Has he been on? Okay. And you and I have been on his show uh, several times as well. So it's our old friend, uh, Kirk Cameron. So uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll uh, we'll add uh, Kirk to the proceedings now we might have been on his show instead of him him on i'm not sure if he's been on ours but he may have because we've had a lot of interaction so we'll see but uh, we'll see you on those other break so the christmas season is quickly approaching um which means black friday you know all the different things that um that people do to shop to get ready for the big season and you're always looking for some unique gift and so i think i've got one for you uh it's a one of my favorite sponsors of our podcast, Tommy John. And for those of you who've never heard of Tommy John, you're like, what is that? It is the best underwear uh, that's on the market, in my opinion. Uh, I've been wearing them for long before they were sponsors of our podcast. I got Jason Dad wearing them now as well, and Zach. Uh, we all love them, and our wives. And it's more than just underwear. They also have loungewear, pajamas. Uh, they've sold over 20 million pair thousands and thousands of five-star reviews. They're a great uh, holiday tradition. 
97% of women and men love getting the gift of Tommy John. So it's a great gift idea for you uh, to check them out uh, for Christmas or, or whatever. They've got a, what they call the best pair you'll ever wear, where it's free guarantee. So you have nothing to lose by trying them. Uh, and they're wonderful. Uh, I love them. So shop Tommy John's amazing Black Friday sale that's going on right now. Save 30% site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Phil. That's 30% off everything for a limited time at TommyJohn.com slash Phil. See their site for details. Welcome back to Unashamed. We've got our old friend Kirk Cameron in the house. Kirk, welcome to mm. Unashamed. Oh, old is right. Old, old, <laughs> old. Look at look look at the gray in my beard. I'm 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 nearing Phil Robertson levels at this point. So that was the first thing Dad noticed about Kirk was <laughs> Kirk in California. His whiskers they're real neat. Oh yeah, they're trimmed or something. Yeah. You know? He keeps that yeah. at a nice I don't have level. squirrels. I don't have squirrels making nests in my beard yet, Phil. <laughs> well, Kurt, you've been down to Louisiana enough to know that you know there's Spanish moss that flows from mm. our trees down here. And I think that's And from your chins. And from your chins, right. Dad's got that uh, Spanish moss look. And I've been wearing a beard now for couple of years uh i used to shave it off but now i've got some extra chins under here and i'm not sure how many there are so i think i'm just going to wait <laughs> and leave maybe them. more maybe more than a chinese phone book exactly that's exactly right but it's always good to have you back brother you're our favorite californian just so you know uh dad says you look totally normal even though you're from california yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, people people rightly uh, decry some of the evils that they see coming out of California. But the, what I say is God made a beautiful state. We have mountains. We have the, the ocean. You can go snow skiing and uh, surfing on the same day in California. Yeah. And there's agriculture and oil and uh, a lot of Christians in California. Yep. We have 40 million people. It's just those 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 couple of spots that have so many people who hate God, hate America and the Constitution that really mess it up. That's yep. it. And, you know, you can hunt ducks in California because we've done it yeah. before. We've come out. Uh, we used to go out. It was, it was great duck hunting. Great duck hunting, especially up up north. Northern part of California is fantastic. Yeah. And look, every time I go, I mean, I always joke, Kirk, when I, when I go to any blue state that, you know, Lisa and I were thrilled to parachute in behind enemy lines to be able to bring uh, some red state cheer uh, to the state. But you're right. I, f I find that any any state, is, but especially California, when when I go and visit Chico or Bakersfield or, you know, so many places, some of these great towns, I mean, there's just amazing, wonderful, hardworking Christian people like there is in any state. And so you're right. Yeah. You know, you just there's a few spots uh, that obviously kind of control everything else, which is always a yeah. shame to me because – the length and breadth of a people and a state usually are as good as gold, yeah. but it's just unfortunate that it's kind of become a one-party rule out there. Yeah, yeah. But p pound for pound, uh, California has a lot to offer. And um, but people are fleeing like like rats on a sinking ship, and they're and they're going to Texas, they're going to Florida, they're going to Tennessee, they're going to places where they can find a refuge morally and spiritually. And uh, and I, I understand that. But I want to stay on the front lines because as goes California, uh, 
there tends to go the rest of the country. And That's so true. if we can hold back some of this evil here and see a revival here, what, what could that mean if it could happen in California? I think that's why I think you're exactly right, Kurt. In fact, Dad used to say, I don't know if you remember this, Dad. You said this when you were young. I mean, like new in the faith. You used to always say that everything good and bad comes from California. Yeah. You remember you used to say yep. that? I yep. mean, every trend, every fad, you know, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, yep. it seemed to yep. always the wave seemed to start out there. And I think that's why I was so touched by Jesus Revolution, because you know, looking and watching that revival that started right yeah. there, you know, in that state and then swept across and made such a big difference back in the 60s and early 70s. I mean, it really is that that's got to be the hope and the dream, which is really powerful. Now, you grew up in California, correct? So you, you, you're a native. Yes. Yeah, I'm a native. That's right. Um, my roots are out here. My wife is from New York uh, and we met working together on the set of Growing Pains when I was uh, 19 years old and and we got married and so we've stayed here and raised our kids here. So that's I want to ask I'm glad you brought that up because I was I was thinking about you coming on and we've got some things uh, you've done that we want to talk about a little bit later but I was just curious because Lisa and I I'm going to say it, it felt we we got married in 1984 and so it felt like we were fairly newly married when we, when did growing pain start mid 80s right 85, yeah, 86. That's yeah. right. So yep, that's we, right. we watched the show and and liked it. I mean, you know, back in those days, it was, it was pretty much just basic um, network television. I mean, cable was just kind of starting up. And so that's all we had living out here. But I was a fan uh, of the show. And, you know, watching you is interesting because you were kind of the – and I don't know if it's the same today or not because we're all old men now. But back in the 80s and 90s, there was this thing about like if you were a celebrity and you were a teenager, you had this whole kind of thing like it was the magazines and the 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 squealing teenagers and I, maybe it started with Elvis and it just kept going. I don't know, but but Kurt, you were one of those guys. You were like the young, cute teenager, and you know had all the girls swooning and all that. But I'm really curious because obviously you're a believer now. You're so engaged and involved in things that protect young minds. And so at one time you were, you know, in the system of television, which it wasn't near as bad as it is today, obviously. But I'm just curious, what was that like? I mean, because you were very young, right, when you first got in, commercials, stuff like that. So you kind of grew up with it, huh? Yeah, I, I did. I was nine years old when I started in the entertainment industry with commercials, McDonald's commercials, Tide detergent commercials. And then when I was 15, I started on Growing Pains. That was my big break. And since then, uh, you know, everything took off. And, and that really was my normal growing up as a teenager, which was very unique. And so I'm I'm forever grateful to God for saving me at a young age when I was 17 years old, because you and I both know the trajectory of most young people who have a large degree of popularity and access to drugs, sex, drugs, rock and roll, and have anything that they want, they go off the rails and they go off the cliff. And so the fact that the Lord was so kind to save me an atheist in Hollywood when I was 17 years old uh, just fills me with gratitude because I don't even want to think about where I'd be apart from that. And, and I know you understand that. I know Phil understands that. We All of us have that 
that same testimony of where would we be if it weren't for for the grace of God. Amen, brother. Yep. So, so who uh, who did someone talk to you about it? Did someone help lead you there? What what was the? Mm-hmm. How did you make the transition? Was it somebody connected to the show? Well, in, in the providence of God, there was a really cute girl who came onto the set of Growing Pains. <laughs> somehow I knew. I, somehow I, I knew a cute girl add- was going to be involved in this story. <laughs> That, that's right. It's not good for a man to be alone. And and so I wanted to ask her out on a date. And she said, well, why don't you come meet my, my, my dad and my mom? And so she gave me an address. And I drove there one Sunday morning and realized that she had sent me to a church on Sunday morning. Wow. And I wasn't a Christian. I was an atheist. Uh, but I also realized I was an actor. So maybe I could fake it for an hour. <laughs> and I went inside and I heard a great sermon from a preacher named Chuck Swindoll. Yep. And really? I started asking questions. And eventually, I was sitting in my sports car parked on the side of the road. And I asked the Lord to, to reveal himself to me, to forgive me of my sins, and to make me the man he created me to be. And began to read a Bible and became persuaded that Jesus is who he said he was, and I wanted to follow him as my Lord and Savior. So that was the beginning of my spiritual journey, and it all started with having my eye on a on a pretty girl. Yeah. And I, and you didn't— Good not, story. Nothing ever happened with her, right? So she just introduced you to Jesus, and then that was it for that, huh? That That's right. She she introduced me to Jesus, and, you know, it, that, that was a, a high school crush— and we we really haven't talked to each other in, in oh, I don't know, 35 years. Now, I had no idea. I need to read your book because I, I, now I know I would love it because Chuck Swindoll is one of my top three authors and, and mm. Bible theologians. So every time, you know, we do Bible study here on Unashamed. And so Jay says Tim Keller is his guy, but Swindoll is my guy. And so like whatever I'm studying along with what we're studying here, whatever commentary Swindoll is always a part of. And I had no idea. That so he, he's still there? Well, he's in, I think he's in, I don't know if he's still in California or he may I be think in he's Texas. In, no, I think he's he's in Texas now. Yeah, he, he wound yeah. up being an instructor at the uh, Baptist Theological Seminary for years. Gotcha. I think he just retired. But you know, Seeley, who does all your books, yep. does all of Swindoll's books. They're, they're yeah. house. And I hope to get to meet him this side of heaven, but just to tell him mm-hmm. I appreciate all of his work. But now I've got one more thing to thank him for uh, preaching that sermon that day so Kurt Cameron would hear about Jesus. That, I never knew that story, Kurt. That's awesome. Well, he, he's one of the faithful ones. He's one of the true blue soldiers. He's yeah. he's always been a rock, and I always appreciate him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Let's, uh, let's take a break. So I've said this before because we, we've talked about uh, Liver Health Form is one of our sponsors, and we talk about fatty liver. And I don't know... This is kind of which came first, the chicken or the egg, because it seems to me that my fatty liver issues came with my fatty everywhere else problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but I didn't realize until I did a little bit of research that actually this sluggish fatty liver can lead to weight gain uh, and fatigue as well. So uh, if you get some high liver enzyme numbers like I did, this is a great product for you. And we talk about it on this show, obviously. Uh, as one of our sponsors, but it, also I've seen it mentioned on HGTV, Fox News, Newsmax, Food Network. A lot of people are talking about it. It's helped more than 2.6 million people, including me, um, and 100 million Americans uh, struggle with this. So that's a, a, almost a third of the country or a little bit more. 
uh, from adults. So if you're suffering from low energy, brain fog, uh, unexplained extra flab, it's time to do something about it. I recommend you try Liver Health Formula, all natural supplement. It's packed with clinically proven botanicals, helps you to recharge, but also to protect your liver. So join me and a lot of other people who are already taking steps to improve their health at getliverhelp.com slash unashamed. Uh, when you go there and you sign up, you're also going to get a free bottle of blood sugar formula uh, that's going to help with those sugar cravings. That's a total discount of 64%. So check them out, getliverhelp.com slash unashamed to get this special offer. So in in our in our study, Kurt, we've been doing uh, we've been talking in Luke uh, seventeen and eighteen, and we just happened to be at the place in our Bible study where Jesus people in verse fifteen says people were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them, you know, because I guess they thought he had more important things to do. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter. So that's where we literally left off in our text. And you were coming on today. And I really can't think of a better text for us to be in than that one, because I don't really know of anybody uh, in our sphere, in our world, that's doing more right now for protection of children than you and your wife and what you guys are doing. I mean, both in, in uh, this book, which we mentioned that you just did, but also the unborn. I mean, uh, every time well, you and I cross paths at several different events uh, from time to time, because we're both very active on the pro-life side of things. So, do, I mean, do you think that's exactly what Jesus had in mind when he told his disciples this, even though it was the context of them bringing them in for blessing, but the idea of protection of the young minds and the young lives is, is that not really one of our first calls? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And there are so many evils, right. That we can look at. And we, we, we recognize that not only does God make children, the focal point in this passage, but the evil people throughout history have always focused on the youngsters. You look at Hitler you look at others. Phil Phil's a, a, a student of history, and, and he can tell the stories as well as anybody. Uh, Hitler understood that if you want to win the culture and the future, don't worry about the old guys because they'll be dead soon. Get the kids in your schools and train them seven, eight hours a day. Then you got them, and yep. now you own the future. So the children need to be our focus, um, and that's why Jesus put such an emphasis there, I, I believe, and that's why I'm trying to write children's books and engage parents to take back this sacred duty of education for your children. Don't outsource your parenting to the government. They'll turn your children into little state robots. Yeah, they're, uh, they're yeah, they're, they're uh, Vody Bacham. He's a, a, a preacher. Many people uh, appreciate and he said, if you, if you send your children to Caesar to be educated, don't be surprised if they come back Romans. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's good. And you're exactly right. In fact, you, tell us about this. I, I just got an email uh, Saturday 
uh, from a group that you're uh, working with, you're kind of their spokesperson about having these uh, an, an alternative to these book fairs because you know, and yeah. I was I was very curious about it because they just had a grandparents' day at my kid's school. My youngest daughter, her three children, still go to public school, and you know we're in a region where that's still pretty safe. But e- even then, you know you're always aware, and, it, and you know I'm a grandparent, so they. They're pretty smart. They have you come to Grandparents' Day. Well, that's the same day they have the book fair because they know who's got the money, right, that's going to be able to go and buy the books. So I was in this book fair, and I admit I was looking through. I was you know, checking out authors. I was flipping through books because even in West Monroe, Louisiana, I know there are forces at work, right, that try to slip these things in in whatever way. So this just happened a couple of weeks ago. So when I got this email, I was curious about it. Tell us, tell the audience a little bit about what you're doing with that group. Yeah. Well, um, uh, many of us have seen those videos on YouTube of the concerned mother or father who's standing up at the school board just explaining to the school board members about the pornography or the sexually explicit material, the inappropriate gender confusing material that's being taught to children in public schools and public libraries, pleading with them to remove these books. And many of them just get ignored. They get shut down. And and we were asking, where is this material coming from? Let's go after the head of the snake. Who's producing this stuff and putting it into libraries and schools? And we did some digging and we found out that there is a wolf in sheep's clothing that lives in your public schools and libraries. And its name is Scholastic Books. Scholastic. We, we, we've all grown up with Scholastic. They're yep. the ones that have those great book fairs that grandma and grandpa come to mm-hmm. and the kids get excited with all the colorful books. And do you know they're the number one? Uh, largest producer of children's books in the country, maybe the world. They're a billion-dollar company, and they're owned by BlackRock and and Vanguard. They they are the thousand-pound gorilla in the space of children's books, and they're now lacing their material with sexually explicit, obscene, pornographic, gender-confusing, and race-infused content and they're marketing it to kindergartners Mm. to get them to explore drag. They're marketing it to second to sixth graders to teach them how to transition from being a prepubescent girl to growing your own two inch willy by injecting yourself with testosterone and not telling your parents about it. Mm. This is, this is not an exaggeration. I'm going to show you something. Um, these are the book covers. This one is called Welcome to St. Hell, My Trans Teen Advent- Misadventure. And this is the one that shows full frontal nudity, sex acts between uh, girls and girls, uh, boys and boys. And it is absolutely awful. These are other ones named uh, Rick and Melissa and stars in their eyes. There's there's ones for kids with uh, a grandfather and a grandson coming out to each other as trans and hiding this from the parents so that nobody knows. And grandmothers grooming their little grandson into, uh, you know, uh, wigs and eyelashes, makeup, heels, uh, and becoming a mermaid in drag with adult men. It's just awful. So, so what, here's what we've done, you guys. 
we're exposing this and we want people to go to our website and download the PDF that will give you all of the page numbers and the book titles so that you can see what we're talking about. I am not exaggerating. See it with your own eyes and show it to your friends and your principal and your librarian and your school board and demand that these books get taken out of your uh, libraries for kids and replaced with good, wholesome books with Christian values. And uh, I've, I've, I've got a website for that so people could check it all out, but, but that's what we're up to. Yeah, and this that is a task that, that's much needed. Well, and, it's, and you know, it's interesting because the other side, all they've come in, and so they're arguing against everything Kurt just said is, oh, yeah, these conservatives, this Kurt Cameron, these guys, all they want to do is ban books. So, so they take the whole the whole discussion about what's appropriate for children, lump it into something called a book ban, and then just say you're the evil one for not wanting yeah. children to see this. But you're right. The only way to do that is to expose it. Well, and, and, and they're the biggest book banners of all. Remember, yeah. they want to ban the Bible from the school. They want to ban prayer from school. They yeah. want to ban the Ten Commandments from the courthouses. They want to remove biblical Christianity from Western civilization and paganize all of our children. So they're the biggest banners of all. The truth is, it, it, it's not that someone wants to ban things and others don't. Everyone wants to ban the things that they think are evil. And they think the Bible is evil. Yeah. We think um, pornography and obscene material is lewd and inappropriate and damaging to children. So so we need to have a moral standard. Yep. And uh, I, I want to go with the 4,000-year-old standard we got from Moses that has produced the freest, most blessed, and uh, prosperous societies that have ever lived, and you that's bet. in the Bible. So definitely check that out. Uh, go to Kirk's website. Uh, Sky Tree Book Fairs is the alternative. That that's that's that, right. That, the, that these guys are working on. So let's, uh, let's take another break. Zach, it's pretty amazing that um, the blind was only supposed to last a week in October, but in many theaters, uh, actually, it went into November, uh, which is is pretty amazing, right? I mean, people yeah. really love this film. They did. It, it was it far exceeded our expectations. So yeah, we're excited. So, Dad, I don't know if you remember this. You said if the blind could help one person come to Christ, it would be worth it. But I think it's done a lot more than that. What do you think? I think that I was not thinking large enough and I did, couldn't <laughs> see the power of God that can happen in a heartbeat. You mm. can look up and say, whoa, that's what I got out of this one. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now we're getting somewhere. The, my very prayer was answered when I said, you know, I've been at this 28 years, you know, you know, I'm almost 70. I said, I, numbers, Lord, would make, I know the power's there. I know you love us. But the numbers, but and so I just looked up, and the numbers started coming in. I said, "Oh, he's he's there," and I mean, he moved them on this one. He definitely moved them. There's been stories coming in from all around the world uh, of how people's lives have been changed. Yep. And the good news is, we're making a shift now uh, into the digital world where people can have it in their homes uh, to be able to watch. So it's out now. One of the places that you can get the same platform that hosts all of our content is blaze tv uh, you don't have to be a subscriber to blaze tv just go to blaze tv.com slash the blind and you can buy the digital version of the movie if you buy now they're also going to give you a code where you can get 20 percent off 
unashamed in the woods and the blind merch only in blaze TV store. So there's a little bonus on top of that. These guys have been great uh, supporters of us and helped us get the word out. So we want you to check these guys out, go to blaze tv.com slash the blind to watch the blind today. It's more than a movie. So Curry, I want to talk about, so you're not just, you know, you're part of your attention obviously is, is dealing with what's out there that we don't want for our kids, but you're also a proactive guy, which I love. Uh, and you are one of the uh, brave book authors and I'm holding up here in my hands, your latest book, uh, the Fox, the fair and the invention scare. Uh, and then you also have another one uh, from the series as you grow, uh, which must, you must've done that in part of the earlier uh, series, but tell yeah. us a little bit about yeah. this, your, your connection, what Bray's book, Bray books yeah. is trying to do and, and why you're writing children's books. Well, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but but if I spend too much time watching the news, all I hear is problems, problems, trouble, disaster. It's pathetic. Evil. I don't. It I can't pathetic. even watch it. I can't even watch it. I'm like, I know how you feel. Yeah, yeah, Phil, I'm 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 right there with you. And unfortunately, a lot of believers in the church take this as a cue to start crying in their Chick Fil A soup and giving up. They just want to. <laughs> They just want to put their head in their hands and, and, and pray to get rescued by the rapture. Meanwhile, uh, let's say we're here for another hundred years and our grandchildren have to live in this world. We need solutions. And we know that the solution is to turn back to the Lord. And we need to teach these things to our children, truth and goodness, and the gospel. And so I'm, I'm working with brave books because they have pro-God, pro-America values in their books. They're teaching children about the value of life in the womb. They're teaching children about honoring God, about the fruit of the spirit, uh, about the first and second amendments of the constitution with colorful pictures, uh, beautiful stories. And it's all designed to reinforce the family. Um, this new one I wrote is called the Fox, the fair and the invention scare. That's the one you're holding in your hands. Yep. And it's, it's all about loving your enemies. And with everything going on in the world, uh, here in the United States, the Republicans and Democrats are trying to kill each other. Uh, we need to give our kids a better strategy. And Jesus said, uh, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy and do good to those who hate you. Yeah. And then you'll be like your father in heaven. And, and that's what, that's what this new book is all about. No, I love it. And, and me, you know, I have my, my younger grandchildren love to read books. They love to have their mom or Lisa, uh, their ma'am to read books to them. And I, we've loved the entire series. Uh, there's a lot of adventure in there. And what I love about it is it really just kind of, you know, it do, it's, it's not preachy in the sense that like a Bible study, but it's the themes of what's important. So th these books can travel across all spectrums. It, it you know, you, you, you could, you're, you're not just trying to put it in your face, but you're teaching truths, which really yeah. should be in any book. Right. Kirk? I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I agree. And what I like about that is if you turn to the back of the book after the story's finished, it roots the good values in the scriptures. Yeah. And that's important because you don't want kids to think, oh, this idea of loving your enemies and being loving and kind is all rooted in the LGBTQ uh, community because it's not. Yeah. Uh, the truth is, is that these ideas are rooted in the scriptures. 
of loving your enemies. And if we don't hold on to the root, the fruit will spoil yeah. over time. Yeah. Because that 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 crowd that wants to say we're inclusive and loving uh, in rainbow colors, I have discovered that while there's there are are there there are beautiful people made in the image of God that are trapped within a system there yeah. that want love and they want to show love. Many of the activists behind the movement are the most non-inclusive, judgmental people who come after those who disagree with their fundamental precepts that morality can be determined by uh, how you feel sexually. Right. That, that's just not true. So we've got to root even good, obvious ideas like loving your enemies where they belong. And that's in the soil of the word of God. That's it. When Jesus is talking to these certain groups, he said, this is uh, John 8, verse 42. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and now I'm here. I'm on the earth. I have not come on my own, but God sent me. Why mm. is my language not clear to you? Now listen to this. Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there yeah. is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a <clears throat> liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the, you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? Just one mistake. Am I guilty? Where am I guilty? If I'm telling you the, the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God, here's what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. That's John chapter mm. 8. But when you look at it, you say, Man, uh, they the father of lies and the father of murder. Well, we have a lot of both going on, and it's getting worse and worse. You say, the power of the evil one, we just, we, we've fallen victim to it, one, one after the other. So we're going to live in some uh, tough days in the next 20 years. We, we've got some... Some rough things to go through unless this this nation of ours changes their minds. Yeah, but but Phil, in all of your in all of your years as a football player, did you ever have a, an exciting, thrilling comeback game that just stayed in your memory? And you said, you know, I just didn't think that that we had a, a, a hope or a prayer. But you know what? Something happened, and momentum changed, and we ran that ball down the field. And, and we won. Why can't that happen in our nation? It can. With the help of God, it can happen. It can happen. Yeah. There's, Amen. There's Amen. A, there's a lot of biblical revivals. Let's take our last break. And, you know, Kurt, Dad brings up an interesting point with that text because that text starts out in John 8 with the idea that these people 
had been convinced that Jesus really was the Son of God. It says they believed him at first yep. until he began to explain more about it. And then all of a sudden they realized they didn't believe. And it's interesting because the theme of your book, the newest uh, children's book, The Fox, The Fair, and The uh, Invention Scare, uh, deals with loving your enemies. And, you know, it's like me now. When I sit across the table from someone or in in the living room and they're sharing with me how their lives have gotten in such a bad place, you know, I feel I never feel content for that person because I realize Mm -hmm. the evil one, just got him. You know, he's, he got a hold of their heart. They, they allowed him in. And then of course, havoc is wreaked and that's what happens. But you know, I only have empathy for this person. And you, you mentioned several groups in our conversation today, Kirk, and every one of those, I look and I say, man, the evil one has just sold them such a lie that this way is the way. But it ends with usually so much havoc and so much difficulty. And so, you know, I just, I, I feel I feel like that's our role is to just show them something better on a consistent yeah. basis because we know something yeah. better. We know a better story. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're right. And uh, uh, I, I bet that this verse just fired off in a bunch of people's minds when you said that. There is a way that seems right to a man, yeah. but the ends thereof lead to lead death. To death. Yep. Yep. I have a, I have a wise old owl in my life who pointed something out to me. Uh, Phil probably knows the scripture reference. I, I don't know the address off the top of my head, but the, 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 the scripture writers say that um, Jesus was speaking and the sinners and the tax collectors were listening intently to him. Now, what I find so interesting about that is that if sinners and tax collectors, if if the notorious wicked of the society are not listening intently to you and me, maybe Jesus was saying something different to them mm. than what we're speaking to them. That's a great point. And 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 that yep. that may be an indictment to us to say we might be so holier than thou and speaking in such religious jargon that the notorious sinners don't want to have anything to do with us. Jesus must have spoken a way that communicated love to their heart, compassion for them, and he wasn't looking down his religious nose at them. He he wanted to connect with them because he saw value there. And and maybe we need to look at the way we're communicating so that more sinners will listen intently to what we have to say. 150 years ago, they were still and they started out when they started going to universities, all the gates had Bible verses when you entered them. Harvard, all yeah, of them yeah. had the 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 the, the ver- Bible verses. Al just came up yeah. to it and down they came. They were basically preaching schools. Preaching schools. <laughs> they were yeah. seminaries. Teaching them out. And That's look, right. Look at what happened to them when they started down the road they're now on. You, it, it's just sad. It's what what I'm trying to say. I I my, I, I feel for them. But, uh, well, yeah. I, do, I do too, and I think that's the the point you were making is the when you see what the evil one has done in the different areas of our culture, education being one of them, yep. uh, higher education being the most um, you know prevalent now when you look at it. Yep. And but you're right though, Kerr. I mean, the pendulum swings, and you know the reason there's a David and Goliath story in there is that sometimes things seem so big and unbeatable 
But you know what? The battle belongs to the Lord. So just like that giant was felled in that Old Testament story, the same thing can happen here in our current culture. I mean, the main thing is you can't give up. And what we need to remember, Al, is uh, is that David knew something the rest of the Israelite army had forgotten. And that is that Goliath was not the giant. Yeah. There was a bigger giant behind Goliath that David could see, and that's the Almighty. That's right. He's the giant, and he is the one that we worship and that we fear so that we need not fear uh, man. Yeah, it's a great point. It made me think about that. Jace loves to tell the story when he's on here about Elisha when he was surrounded by the Arameans and the servant was like, Oh no, he was wringing his hands. There's no way we can win. Look at this army we're facing. And you know, you, you, the Bible doesn't say this, but you kind of imagine uh, Elisha looking at him and just kind of winking and saying, Lord, just show him what, what I can see. And then all of a sudden behind that great army was the army of the Lord. And it was like, Oh, there it is. You know, just every once in a while we, we need that vision, right? Oh boy. And I'm, you know, he must have had that vision because when you know when he when he when he uh, when he soaked all that wood with that water, you know <laughs> that he was thinking, Lord, if you don't come through right now, I'm I'm going to get turned into a piece of charcoal here. That's exactly by, right by, by these Baal worshippers. Well, uh, in our last couple of minutes, I, I know that you you also you've been going out. Uh, there's been some opposition, of course, to you just from trying to read these books uh, that you and the other uh, Bray books authors do. I know Missy. Uh, did a book as well. And then she came on the podcast and actually told the story of when you guys were up in Franklin and kind of ran into some trouble there uh, with how folks, you know, didn't want you reading the books, but the people showed up. And so I I, I think in the end, that's what keeps guys like you going, Curry. I know it's what keeps me going is the reason I love to do it is the people keep showing up. They want to hear. Yeah. They want to hear what we have to say. Now, there's a there's pockets of people that try to block us, but you just can't stop, right? I mean, you guys just decided we're, no. we're marching on no matter and what. And I've seen more of that, Alf, in the last year. Oh, yeah. I, there's something going on out there. I'm not quite— the People want to hear. Somebody yeah. the other day, some, some had me there <laughs> with a—I I had a, a maybe a gun or something— and he said, for whatever the, the little thing he said was, but he basically said, this guy, stay away from him. He is not woke. <laughs> I said, oh, I woke up this morning like everybody else. <laughs> but they, they confessed, <laughs> I'm not woke, whatever that is. Well, you know, Phil, that's what everybody loves and appreciates about you is that you are authentic. You, uh, you're, you're, um, you can't hide your genuineness and your sincerity when it comes to your faith. Uh, you're not manufacturing it like a lot of us actors uh, have been trained to do. We manufacture things. We put on a, a mask and a facade to make people uh, applaud us. But you, you're just, you just exude authentic love for the Lord and love for people. And that, that's why people love you so much. Um, I mean, they're excited about you know how to hunt ducks too, but, but mostly it's, it's your heart that people really appreciate. Uh, I think you're exactly right. And I think it's the same reason people love you too, Kirk. Uh, we love when you get to come down, come down and hunt with us again. Uh, we, we talk okay. about Dan. Uh, he's, he's, he's Kirk's guide. He gets him down here and his, and his boys when they're able to come with him. But it's always a pleasure. Uh, check out Brave Books. 
uh, which, which is where you can find this latest book uh, that Kirk has done, as well as the other great authors. Also, Kirk mentioned his website. I'm assuming that's KirkCameron.com. Is that right? Uh, yes, you can go there. Sure. And uh, get information to find out what he's doing and what he's working on. Uh, and be sure and check out this uh, book fair stuff as well. Curse, always a pleasure to have you, brother. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, and you well-minded souls you find along the way are, are brothers in arms, and that's what we are with you. We appreciate you, brother. Yeah, appreciate you both. Thank you, guys. Thank you, God buddy. bless you. All righty. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.